We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jacked Ramsey Show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, and the newest member of Jacked Ramsey's. You may have seen him on Twitter or Instagram. Dallas's little brother, ladies and gentlemen. A very, very sleepy Tanner the puppy. Well, I'm very disappointed that it's not <laughs> Sprague Morang. I thought that's where you were going to go with that it one. Was, it, was a, it was thrown in there. <laughs> Some, somebody threw your hat in the ring. I saw he, that. He's very, very, he's very tired. He's very sleepy right now. So, hey, Bear, can you come grab him? Thank you. The uh, the the best part about this guys is Danny hates when his other dog Dallas does this during the pod, and now he's already grooming this one. I'm grooming. The th- can you close the door so the other doing it for the future pods when he grooming Tanner? And it's like I freaking <laughs> hate you. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Well, right now he is just the sweetest thing ever. He has spent the entire time basically cuddling on my wife. Um, he is he is already uh, mommy's little boy. That that is without. Uh, <laughs> Without any uh, <laughs> hesitation at all, uh, he's as sweet as can be. And for those wondering, uh, how did this happen? Well, my wife walked by a uh, a pet store or a uh, a shelter, and uh, yeah, I got a text with a picture, and I'm, I literally turned to I was at physical therapy. I turned to my physical therapist like, looks looks like I'm gonna get a new puppy. I kind of joked, and then the next day I was at um, a chiropractor, and I got another picture, and then that was today and i drove home from the chiropractor on the way home is that particular shelter and my wife is walking by and i'm like she's so doomed do do you want to go by and i was like sure i picked him up and i'm like i'm screwed yep you're not (laughs) i'm sorry you're not going to check out dogs and pick up a puppy and not get that puppy that's just not happening no that's how it goes but uh it's been a little while i heard i had a few people text me i am email uh just in general, like, hey, when are you doing the next show? You know, we did the one, obviously, with Ricky. Brandon couldn't be here. He had some family stuff to take care of. How was the play? Uh, the play was great. It was fantastic. Your your daughter was the Dalai Lama? She was the, yeah, the Dalai Lama. And it was mm. like a, it was more, not so much a play, I guess. It was more like. It was a, living history, right? Yeah, like a living history museum. Right. So, like, there was a combination of uh, alive people. And then there was some people who had passed. Very interesting decisions from our school about who classified who who? well but like you know my oh. daughter's the dalai lama um somebody had in there uh like jackie robinson okay and then there was the rock the people's champion and i you know i thought like big cultural icon wrestler actor tries to be rapper okay but he needs to be in a living history museum Ma- maui from moana Maui from Moana, yeah, which I actually really would have enjoyed if somebody dressed as Maui and been mm. like, wait, who are you? And he's like, The Rock. You're like, oh, oh the costume, man. the costume. I like it. Um, but we, we did say we were going to take a little bit of a break just because the doldrums of the season beat us over the head. And uh, between my hip surgery and uh, the way the season kind of went, just kind of get some break. And then we, this is it. That Now we are ramping up. This is how we will, the content will be coming free and fast. Um, shout out to the content gods who gave us news today mm-hmm. that Joe Cronin was officially named the full-time general manager. 
not president of basketball operations. There's room for growth there, Brandon. Which is great. I like that they didn't just automatically anoint somebody all the power in the franchise the way they did the previous guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he, he gave he himself his own his... his own title. I believe is how that actually went. And I think it came what his third season, third third or fourth season, fourth yeah. season, something like that. But you know, I I'm excited for it. Um, I think there's a lot we can talk about with it because mm-hmm. I this morning on my show, my radio show, I interviewed you, Ryan. You McDonough. had a former GM I on the show. I had a former general manager and Ryan McDonough, <laughs> who built this Suns team basically mm-hmm. without Chris Paul. I said, "Isn't this unusual? We're a week away from the draft lottery, and this dude's still the interim general manager." He goes, "Yes, yeah, very unusual. A little weird." But I haven't heard them looking around for anybody else. And I'd say four or five hours later, boom, there you go, Joe Cronin signs. Um, I, I don't know if we want to dive into this a lot versus like talking about the Levine stuff or how you want to balance it. But the- we'll, we'll push to the Levine stuff. I think this will kind of carry the day. And then we'll take a look a little bit more. The, the lottery is less than a week away. I, I more wanted to pick your brain on Quick's article, who, you know, you and I, we cite stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, Quick is one of the preemptive, if not the preemptive, beat writers. Um, he, he, well, he was preemptive beat writer? Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> semi. Maybe? Kind of? Maybe. I don't know really where that stands. And we yeah. can, I'll let him announce that yeah. stuff or talk about it. But he has this in his, he wrote a, a Cronin article on The Athletic, and Man, I'd say the first like five, six graphs, it's just not it's not very flattering. No. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain on this specific graph. And it's it's a short one, but it says for the Blazers to make this decision without measuring Cronin's plan against those of other sharp candidates is more than concerning. It's borderline malpractice. Mm-hmm. And I I guess I get it, but I'm also curious how many other people fall in line with this versus just going, okay, they finally took the interim tag off Joe. Now let Joe cook. How many people are not thinking about the way they did the process versus the people who are thinking about what the process will be now? What have I always said? Process, process, process. The results will vary, but process matters. So on the process side of things, I agree with Jason. Not a great process. And even I said this, like, listen, I like Joe. I, I, I like the general idea of what he has said. Uh, a lot of that comes because I'm arrogant, and I think he thinks a little bit along the lines of what I've wanted to do for the last five years, which is strip it down, trade C.J. McCollum, get bigger, longer, stronger, more athletic. Like, so I'm going to side with that because of that. But at the same time, I've also said, hey, listen, if they go out there and you know, Masai says I'm done in Toronto or Eversley, who Jason does mention in the article is a guy that you think you can land. I think you need to explore those things. And here's an interesting thing. And I thought it was interesting that Jason brought up Eversley uh, in particular, because I mentioned that there's still a position above Joe, not just to make a joke about Neil Olshay, but because perhaps the Portland Trailblazers can bring Mark Eversley in as president of basketball operations, run a two-headed horse like the Chicago Bulls did with Arturis Carsonovas and Mark Eversley. You have Joe heavy on the basketball side, but with a great relationship with his coach, and Mark Eversley heavy on the relationship side, which is what you're seeing the best organizations in basketball do right now. And bring those two together, marry those two, and and take everything you can from them. But I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I do think Eversley is still under consideration, not only with the Trailblazers, but with the Charlotte Hornets and possibly one other organization. Uh, because the way that they talked about things in their exit interviews made it all sound like very much Eversley was gone. It was a foregone mm-hmm. conclusion that he's out of there. But again, back to the whole process part of this. This is not great, but I also believe that that's on par with Jody Allen and Burkhold and the Vulcans and, and the, the, the Allen estate. I very much believe that this is um, where they can trim, not necessarily on the payroll side of things, but maybe on the personnel side of things. Joe's probably a little bit cheaper. Even if in the, 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 the report, I believe, said four years was the deal. Well, but it, it cited in the story the the Vulcans and Allen don't give these guys more than three, right? So I'm wondering if this is a fourth option, like the fourth year is the option year of yes. what the team wants to go after that. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering again. Uh, 
Billups, what was, was his a five-year deal or a five-year four-year deal? He's five got four years deal. left. Him and so Joe are lined up. Lined up. That's yep. again. That's I think that's kind of where they're going with this. So, as much as it pertains to like ownership and tra- selling the team off, like does it matter? Maybe, but I also think it's, it's something that's keeps something to keep in the back of your mind. But I don't think the process was great. But I think the end result was at least good enough. Like I, if you trust Joe Cronin to strip the roster down. You need to trust him at least for 18 months to try to do something with it, right? Oh, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I did want to ask you quickly. It's I think it's an interesting position you're in here. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say it contradicts itself at all, but like the process isn't great, but you're happy with the result. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's an interesting way of putting it. I don't know. If I would, Which is not the way that I like to go about things ever. Well, sure. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm really curious where the percentage of Blazer fan is on this. Now, I, I cited this the minute they fired Neil and Joe was elevated. I said, is it not awkward, weird, and or questionable that they're allowing the interim guy, a guy they didn't even give this gig to right away when Neil got canned, was it not odd or a little uncomfortable to know this guy is controlling? where this where this team is going to go now he made his moves and there's there are a decent amount of blazer fans that did not like some of those moves Mm -hmm. uh, especially once that pelicans pick did not convey Mm -hmm. but i said this in the beginning i i don't know if he's going to be good or bad i think this is a big summer for him um i'm not telling you the trades were perfect but i also think we way overvalued some of our assets but i i said it from the get-go i thought it was a little odd that you were going to allow maybe the biggest offseason and biggest moment in this franchise is history. Which is basically managing whether or not you were going to be able to do something around Damian Lillard. You're giving that to the interim guy. You're not opening it up. Now, I, I like that Eversley was involved in this piece. I think it's important to cite what you did, that it hinted at Chicago's uh, press day that, hey, this is this is probably over for him, or at least the, the idea is. Because if you can go from doing what you're doing under Arturis, you get to go now be Arturis uh, with Portland, with Joe under it. And I think you're covering a lot of caveats there, right? Like Chauncey cited the player relationship thing. You get to pair that with with Eversley. Dame said he's going to be active. So now you have three heads, if that happens, that are actively in the ears and conversations with players yes. or personnel. And then you've got you've got Joe, who has already made some big moves, but he's a big salary cap guy. He's a financial guy. So it's like, how can Joe work his financial magic while if if they go get a excuse me an Eversley while Eversley Billups and Dame do what they try to do and and put pieces in place to to bring in, yeah, and I think that's kind of the the position they're going to find themselves in is uh, <laughs> we made our bed now we're going to sleep in it kind of a situation where absolutely this is why I when this first happened and before they started really making trades when I said hey guys they're gonna deal CJ. It's going to be for a package you're not going to like. Like the best the best player you're going to get back is Josh Hart and you're hoping for Jackson Hayes. You aren't getting a Herb Jones, you aren't getting a Trey Murphy. Remember we were talking about this like 3 weeks before the trade. I think yeah, it was December 23rd that yep. I first brought it up because I had heard from folks in New Orleans what exactly was going on. And from that point on I go, "Listen, this is going to happen." Which is why I'm going to sit here and say, "This is what it is." Take it, leave it, be mad, be happy, whatever. But the new era is coming. I am holding out until August 1st mm-hmm. before I make any judgments. Before I, Because right now it's an incomplete. It's the same thing with Chauncey Phillips as a coach. It's incomplete. I don't, I don't know what the hell he is, what, what he's going to do, because the roster didn't make sense. The vibes were dog shit. The organization itself was in a shitty place. Let's be honest. It wasn't like it, there wasn't anything there that was like, yeah, no, we're doing good. Whether it's Neil and, and the investigation behind him, Chris McGowan leaving, the transition to root sports, whether you know more people are watching games or not, like it was different. There was a lot of things going on, not just on the basketball court, but within the organization. And you had to put all of that stuff together to kind of understand where the organization was and what they were trying, where they were trying to get to. And Joe was was the guy basically tasked with steering that along with Dwayne Hankins on the business side. And one of the things that has come forth really uh, over the last six months or so is just the division between the business side and the basketball side. Like you have the basketball side at the practice facility, the business side down at one center court, and they just didn't they didn't 
cooperate. They didn't interact from what I understand over the last four, five, six months. That's happening now. Like that's that's not just a talking point. And it's kind of interesting when you start thinking about it, like, well, maybe things weren't great because you want all those different parts of your organization to start making sense. And I think part of bridging that gap is having a GM who has experience within the organization. And that's not just me saying that because it's my preference, because there's other GMs that are, you know, on, like if Eversley was the guy, I would be excited. I was genuinely, that's a guy I was like, yes, that's fine. Awesome. I would go with Eversley a GM at a heartbeat. But if you're going to bring in some, or you're going to keep somebody in, why not take the guy with 16 years who can bridge the gap and kind of bring everything together? And I think that stuff actually matters as dumb as it sounds. Well, and they still have an opportunity, I think, to your point, to bring Eversley in, right? So yeah. it still has an opportunity to make you feel maybe better than you you do about Joe. Like, I, I you know, I think with this franchise, they're in an interesting point. Uh, what they're going to do with Dame these next few years, can they convince him to just see this out, ride it out, take a couple lumps and say, hey, when you're a little older, we're going to try to be far more competitive and maybe a, a real shot in the Western Conference playoff picture or do they know that their timeline is not very extended and they're seeing what they can do uh, with this group? I I don't know where Joe's going to go. I do think it does speak to Jody Allen. Um, you know, look, again, Joe can be good, and this isn't meant to be a slight at him, though it might mm -hmm. sound that way. Like, I, I don't think she took part in this. Like, to be 100% honest with you, I, I think Burt Cold or whoever, yeah, it was basically like, hey. And, handle this. We're giving Joe this job, and she was like, "Uh, Joe who? <laughs> Joe Cronin, the interim general manager? What's the interim general manager? Like, I think it's as simple as that for her, um, and maybe I'm a little off with that, but, like, that's kind of the vibe with this franchise right now. So you can make an easy argument and counter-argument to everything we're saying and say, guys, that in itself is not is a problem for a franchise. Yeah. That is a problem. And uh, I wouldn't I would, argue. <laughs> yeah, but I would counter with there are a lot of a lot of owners that are super hands on whose teams are absolutely trash. See the Sacramento Kings, so who actually I, got I, at least half a decision right this week? Uh, well, they're still the Kangs. So I, 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 I still, like still Brown, have half but... a decision. They they, they they went with not Mark Jackson. Like they, <laughs> right. I don't know if Mike yeah. Brown's the right guy, but they went with not Mark Jackson. So we'll see. Um, she doesn't ever leave me hopeful or happy, but you know maybe this is the move and. If you're going to let this guy blow it up and make pivotal decisions like that, you might as well see where this goes and and ride that out a little bit. Uh, Forrester says the Blazers aren't going to pay two front office people, which I can see not happening. They fired Olshay because they didn't want to pay him. No, they fired Olshay because they didn't want him around, and they fired him with cause so they didn't because they didn't want to pay him. Yes, the that's, cause part was the crucial part. Yes, of it. but they didn't want him around. <laughs> like that's there was a power struggle, folks. He lost. He, 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 look, I, I, I don't know that guy personally. I, I don't like some of the moves he made in his profession. Uh, by all accounts, absolute jackass. So they moved on because he's a hard person to get along with. Yes. And in my personal experience, not one little bit of care about what happened to him. There's a lot of media members that share that sentiment. No, no, no I, I <laughs> nope. Good go. Right. <laughs> um, but now we wait, and the first, <sighs> unfairly or not, or fairly or not, however, whatever side you fall on, in less than a week, Brandon, he will be judged. Without making any moves, he will be judged as the NBA draft lottery takes place. We still don't know who is being sent. We still don't know who is being sent. I think, I think today we did. You think it's Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I think it's important for, and maybe this is where I... Maybe that's I part of why they did this, was you can't send the interim GM Yeah, you can't send to the draft lottery. GM. Uh, Damian Lillard's probably living the best goddamn life. And Dave's Anthony's, been in Disneyland, and I believe he's traveling again next week. He which, went to Dubai, didn't he? I just yeah, saw he recently that, was, that was before, or, and then he went to Disneyland. Okay, I couldn't Dame's, tell which, listen, which trip. Listen, COVID restrictions are being lifted, and Dame is traveling. Let's just say that. Um, and Ant, you know, Ant's still in contract negotiations. There's really no. Yeah, he's other technically way. not a trailblazer. Right. So you weren't going to do that in seven days, even if you have an agreement kind of in place. Mm -hmm. um, so I think today was a bit of that, getting ahead of the draft lottery a week out, so you can send Joe Cronin and be like, hey, you know, they can say new general manager officially named the Portland Trailblazers, Joe Cronin, and it, you know, it's a good look for the team mm -hmm. to send their guy. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, 
I, it would be kind of cool if they found a way to send a legend because that's done well for teams recently. Uh, mm. Ben Wallace, obviously with the Pistons, and uh, they sent Hakeem, I think, for the Rockets. Oh, did they? they yeah. Hakeem? Yeah. Oh. So, you know, it's 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 done well. Uh, mm. Brandon Roy was obviously the rep when the Blazers won the number one overall pick with with Greg Oden. I just when when you send like guys who just kind of have that status, I tend to. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. do well i don't know it's, it's very it's dumb saying that, that it's a week it's a week from like by this time in a week we will know where they stand we have we would have recorded a podcast already and it's just nuts because i i don't know how to feel man i'm still kind of numb to the whole situation like i know it's rapidly approaching and i know what we need this team to get but i'm sitting here on pins and needles emotionally like is uh, this team gonna get effed again or are they gonna stay at six pick eight nine yeah it's yeah just... i get nervous about that stuff Hamad Al-Kabi says, Dame went to Dubai and met him, made my day, met, even met Nurk. Nice. It's, 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 it's definitely cool when you get these guys get to send, uh, get out of the country and, and, and get to kind of grow the community. It's always always well, cool to see. I hope you're ready for, for Joe to get the first blame of his life outside of the deals he negotiated yes. when they land at like seven and, and a million Blazer fans go, why'd you win those last four going into the All-Star break, Joe? Pulled the plug a little late on that tank, didn't you? Yeah. Which in reality probably couldn't have pulled the plug on the tank because ownership wasn't going to allow that until the All-Star yeah. break. But neither here nor there. That's the big news of the day. Joe Cronin officially named general manager, signed to a four-year deal. Uh, we don't know the exact parameters of it, but uh, it it is interesting. The Blazers right now, after basically having a Warren Legary coach and or GM for, I think, like 20-something straight years, have neither. And that leads me to the second part of this, <laughs> in that their coach, their free agent center, and possibly a, a uh, potential player in the Detroit Pistons that may have been linked to the Portland Trail Blazers to Jeremy Grant, all repped by Clutch Sports Agency, um, also, Brandon, happened to rep one Zach Levine. Came out today that Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective podcast, which he loves to have aggregated, let me tell you. Uh, I mean, it, it's got to be great for business, right? Even if the <laughs> stuff that gets aggr aggregated pisses you off, you got to be thinking, well, I just probably picked up another 45 listeners. Yeah, it's great. Um, Jake Fisher uh, famously has named his podcast, um, Don't Please Don't Aggregate This. Please so, don't aggregate this. Yeah. Great great job. I mean, it's, it's great SEO. Um, but uh, he mentioned 
the Portland Trailblazers as a potential landing spot for uh, free agent Zach Levine. Now, the Blazers have been linked to Zach Levine in the past, as in like three years ago. Um, but that was when he was making, I think, like $17 million. And there was a little bit of noise around potentially moving for him. Uh, I wanted to trade CJ for him then, and people said that CJ was better than Zach Levine, and well, he wasn't. <laughs> but, neither here nor there, um, the Blazers would have to renounce their rights to Joe Ingles, which, okay, we can do that. Oh, also their rights to Yusuf Nurkic, which, ah, damn, that hurts. You gotta renounce their rights to Yusuf. But okay. Okay. But also, the rights to Anthony Simons. No go. Who, let's say you were not a believer in Anthony Simons, such as myself. Yeah. Right. Do you think that Anthony Simons could put up 65 to 70% of Zach Levine? Oh, could he put up the production, 65% sure. of his production? Uh, yeah, because I think Levine was somewhere around like a 26, 27-point-per-game guy, shot 38% from three. High volume. High volume. I mean, not a great not a great defender, but... Uh, but offensive production, like fill-in-the-box score. Could yeah. Anthony Simons give you 18 and three on... Yes. High volume. Yes. Okay. He's going to he he's going to make half or more <laughs> than than Zach Levine. Well, but let me ask. So he's he's up by the way for the Blazers if they were to dive into those you mentioned the renouncing part. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be 4 years 157. It's a yes. lot of cash. Big cash. Uh, look, I I think I know your answer, but I'll ask you the question anyway. If you had to have Ant or Levine next to Dame, who would you pick? Because I think I think before you answer this, because the Le I because that Levine's bigger, it makes more sense. To put and Levine that's where I would say, does the money matter at that point? Are you willing yes, it to does pay because more you, to get the slightly bigger, maybe better player? Well, probably better player. You right you, now. you can't do that though because you can't have two max contracts invested in guards. I don't disagree with okay. you, but we've seen Portland dive into these. Well, waters so, before, that's so. not true. You can do it if you get a Chris Paul deal where he loads it so that. Uh, also that your young rookies come up for extensions, both your rookie monsters and Mikael Bridges and DeAndre Hayden are under rookie deals at a time, and that's feasible. Sure, then you can do it. But with the way that Blazers are and without their rookies, um, it just doesn't make any sense for that to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting how this is all coming about. Number one, we kind of come full circle to Mark Eversley and Chicago. It's just interesting how that all kind of works out. The other part of this is it's clutch. Remind me again, how did Brian Windhorst break into NBA coverage? LeBron James. LeBron James. Did he cover LeBron James in high school? Yes, he did. How? For the Akron Beacon Journal, I believe. Yes, and then he moved to the Cleveland Plain Dealer, where he covered LeBron James in Cleveland. Yeah. And then down Miami. in Miami. And then ESPN, who then moved him to Miami. Yes. He made the decision. And then back to Cleveland. And then back to Cleveland. And, he and finally then to L.A. Got, yeah, then he, well, then to L.A., but I think he established himself enough where he goes He down. didn't have to follow LeBron anymore. And he Mc lives in the Midwest in a random city that you'd never believe if I yeah. said it. You go, what? Brian Windhorst lives there? And he's like, yeah, I know it's random, but yeah, that's he, where he that's, likes to that's, live. that's home for him. And uh, McMahon got, or sorry, not McMahon, uh, McMenamin uh, had to go cover LeBron in, in Los Angeles. He became uh, the L.A. guy, yeah. Yes. But that is all to say, um, Windhorst is a clutch guy. And it's okay to say that. That's just because uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is not. Woj no, is, Woj has written so many scathing articles yes. on LeBron. They will never have any. And LeBron is petty. Yeah. And there will never, ever, ever be a clutch league to Woj. I say all of this to frame this up in a sense of this is Brian Windhorst carrying water for clutch. And that's okay. Because at the very top, this stuff doesn't leak unless agencies want it to leak. Mm -hmm. And this is applying pressure to Chicago in case they're a little leery of spending money after they fizzled out in the playoffs after having a bunch of injuries. Whether it be Lonzo Ball or Patrick Williams or even Levine. They've got injuries on the roster. They've got some things they need to figure out. They have a lot of money committed to DeMar, to Levine, and to Vucevic. And they've got to be sitting there going, well, they were good. It was fun, but is it worth it? And they've got a young Reinsdorf who's been willing to open up the pocketbook significantly more than his dad. 
Uh, Garpax is not there. And is the goodwill good enough to get Levine paid? Right. So, what? Where? Where, where are you landing on this um, lovers triangle of information sharing? I mean, you know, it's it, uh, Wendy is one of my favorite guys in the NBA, so I don't want anything to sound like I'm taking a shot at him. The dude is plugged in. Uh, you know, he was the one to have the Simmons to Brooklyn deal, not Woj. So it should be noted, like. He, he, he knows people. He knows people in the right places. Dude is legitimate when he shares news. Uh, that being said, this was one of those, like, I kind of chuckled. And then I, I basically said everything you said this morning. Uh, and it's because we've talked about this in the past, right? Yeah. It's, it's the clutch thing. It's Portland kind of being a mini clutch team, one of the few in the NBA. And I think this is a way where Portland says, oh, you, you need us to leak some. You need us to be tied in. That You do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's not going to be nothing to it. And anytime you need that, you let us know because you always want to be dialed in with one of the preemptive agencies in the association. So why not? If you're pissed at Chicago, leak a team of interest and desperation. Portland is one of those that makes Chicago kind of do a double take up. Wait, wait, you're going to do what? And even if they don't buy it, they still have to take it seriously because this is that league. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I largely never bought it for, for all the reasons you named. And honestly, it also just doesn't make sense. Uh, that would be a very hard pivot out of Anthony Simons because you're not doing that unless you're getting rid of Anthony Simons, yeah. which does not make any sense for this franchise and what they've said publicly. So I never really bought it outside of, oh, it's a headline. Yeah, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, it's going to be fun about this. The Blazers are going to go from not being linked in anything but bargain basement deals and very quietly. I think Joe Cronin is going to trade on the information market. I mean, why would you not? What doesn't hurt you if you do that? Because the previous management believed it was a like fundamental flaw to do so he threatened other organizations with leaks like if you leak this we will not do deals with you and i think that's a, a very very different shift from what we have seen in the past and i think that's going to for us it makes it more fun i, I like some speculation like I, don't don't danny age me don't 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 tie yourself to every freaking deal out there there's yeah. an art to this. You don't you don't need to sit here and say, "Oh, we were this close to getting in on that deal." Oh, you know, we would have offered a better deal. You know, like Jordan Clarkson had a first round pick for Norman Powell, like crap like that. Um, for those wondering, that was something that was uh, quietly, not so quietly, leaked by Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz as far as pursuing Norman Powell. Uh, the team that did absolutely nothing at the trade deadline was also going to give up a first round pick and. Uh, Jordan Clarkson for Norman Powell. So yep. say of that what you will. I say all of this as far as like carrying water for clutch and being on board because you know what? The Trailblazers still are after a guy in Jeremy Grant who's represented by clutch. So why not do him some favors, folks? Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that we have we've hinted at a lot here in particularly post uh, New Orleans picks not conveying Brandon is uh, this. The Blazers are not, let me, let me speak directly in the camera. The Blazers are not giving up their own lottery pick for Jeremy Grant. That is not happening. No, that would be a fireable offense. Listen, it, for all of the people who are reacting the way they are right now to Joe Cronin, hashtag fire Cronin, all the nonsense. That's a real hashtag? Oh, God, yes. Already? Oh, yeah. No, they're the, the, the masochists are out there. Um, but I would join them. I would join them in that in that cascade from the mountaintops if they did that. Yeah, but go wear leather and get spanked. What are we doing here? You're you're really throwing that <laughs> stuff out there as if you need to fire a guy that hasn't been able to. Pull that it hasn't had a, a full year on the job. Come on, Hell, literally, doing? technically, this is his first day. Ridiculous. So, but I say all that. The Blazers are not trading their lottery pick for J Jeremy Grant. What they're hoping is that the secondary platter, the non-main course. <laughs> of the Milwaukee first-round pick, Keon Johnson and Eric Bledsoe's money, is enough to get it done. Well, you do enough for Clutch, and guess what Clutch can do for you? They can scratch rattle... Scratch our backs, they, scratch yours. They can rattle some cages. Because yeah. Detroit is in a position, Brady, we've talked about this. We have talked about this, the idea of Clutch relationship with certain teams. Is Detroit a free agent destination? No. Not okay. at all. Very much the same as Portland. The other part of this is, did everything with Jeremy Grant and Clutch go well with Detroit? Do they have a good relationship? Uh, it appears that Detroit and him are on a, a pretty good ground. 
Wouldn't you want to maintain that? Yes, I think teams like Portland and Detroit understand they're not a major player, so why would you try to sour on relationships? Yeah, why burn that bridge when... Right. Listen, I am all for extracting the most value you can in a deal, but sometimes holding somebody's hand behind their back until they say okay. uncle yep. isn't the best idea. Just maybe a little, all right, you're good now. Mm-hmm. Because if you force it all the way, next time they're going to be pissed. And what happens when you no longer have the leverage and they're extracting from you? And word gets around. And if you start dicking people over, left, right, and center, and I'm not saying you need to bend your back all the way. You just, more you often the game. than not, you got to play, play the game. You got to play the game in this league. And that is the thing that, again, I am not clinging to, but it is something that is very, very real in that the Pistons and Jeremy Grant can go, hey, this has been a good couple of years. We appreciate your time. Thank you for coming in, in a time when you were like a rising player in this league. You could have stayed in Denver, gotten the exact same money. You came to us because you wanted to be a feature guy. You trusted in our vision. Let's do you a solid. Let's get you to a place that you want to go to, to a team that makes sense, and we will get the most assets out of said deal at the same time. We will accomplish both our goals because we are a team trying to rebuild. They are not a team trying to compete for a title right now. I will give you a theory, and it's just a theory, but, it I mean, the way this league operates, I 2% I'd be shocked meter. Who's to say you don't have or had a conversation to get Jeremy to maneuver his way to Portland and make Keon Bledsoe and that future Milwaukee pick be enough and the caveat is, yeah, we'll do that, but we're going to need you to really help our guy Zach get this payday and or decide where he wants to play because either going to be a $200 plus million contract or $157 million contract, but we want that guy to be preemptive player or one of the preemptive players on a team. If you're Portland, there's no risk in just saying, okay, leak our dames with it, even though it's not going to matter, it's not going to change a thing. And I think that's an important factor here because you see teams do this all the time. You the see best teams carry the water, do the favors, because largely they get they get a benefit from it. There's no there's no reason the Blazers should sit this stuff out. And no, in the past they have it. That's they have. practice. Yes, they sit this out. And that's in the past they have because they've had a leadership that was not well liked. Yeah, that didn't have a ton of friends in the league that only dealt with basically the same five or six GMs. And now I think you've got a guy and, and everybody's like, well, who cares if he's nice? I do. Because you know what? Nice people are liked. Messiah is a nice guy. He's well-liked. Pat Riley is feared. But you know what? He's well-liked. Well, also to those people like, who cares? Um, do you like dealing with assholes in society? Because no. I can tell you right now, I love when people are getting along and everybody's in a good mood and somebody's willing to, oh, you need help with that? Oh, oh am I too close? Or whatever the scenario yes. is. I like dealing in that. So, like, why would you not want that in the league? And for, again, all intents and purposes, Joe is that guy. And so that's a, it's, a, it's a thing to build off of. Um, so it's um, – sorry, there's a lot, a lot of stuff in the chat. Um, no, yeah, that's fine. Amon says, isn't that what we did with CJ when he asked for the Pelicans? So CJ didn't quite ask for the Pelicans. The Blazers had a – couple teams and by a couple I think it was two maybe three yep teams basically uh who could take on CJ McCollum's contract without um sending a bunch back to Portland right and the Blazers took those teams to CJ and said look these are the packages we're looking at you've been a good soldier for nine years which of these kind of makes the most sense to you and they tried to work with him there and put him in the best basketball situation. That, again, is a perfect example of, you could have just said, yeah, kiss my ass, CJ, and sent him to basketball Siberia for the most assets. But you don't do that because that's not how things work in this league. It's not 2K. You don't force trades. Well, you- I, I think a, a, another part of this, I know this doesn't happen at every stop or team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think apart for Joe... You mentioned at the top of the pod, Joe's been here for 16 years. Joe operates in loyalty and love, uh, I think, with guys like CJ. He yes. has been dealing with CJ since they drafted him, yep. 
CJ's here for damn near a decade. There was not a conceivable way, I think, for this team. They wanted to trade him. They wanted value back. I know it wasn't the value many people thought they'd get for him. But they examined the league and the landscape, and they said, oh, crap Team X and crap Team Y are offering, I don't know, not as great a package as if not very similar, maybe even a little tiny better. But we can send them to the team that he may actually want to play for that might have a shot. Like, I just think there's a, there's a balancing act with that. And I'm not suggesting Joe turn down these amazing deals. I kind of think the opposite. I think these deals were not that good. And because we saw CJ and loved CJ so much, we assumed CJ was worth the stars and the moon. Mm-hmm. And the reality was uh, people wanted the stars and the moon back if they were to take CJ McCollum for a large portion of this league. So, you know, long story short, I think Joe understood that relationships matter in this league. Reputation matters in this league. I mean, Oklahoma City has done what, Danny? They've done next to nothing since they lost Kevin Durant and had to trade Paul George and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be awful next year. And they have a million draft picks. It may not lead to anything. But the one thing you know that Oklahoma City controls, how the narrative is set about them. And when you talk to guys mm-hmm. like Al Horford, Chris Paul, guys that had to go to took these stuff. care of those guys. Took care of those guys. Does that pay off in the long run? Maybe it doesn't. But at least it helps you in the battle of... It did when Paul George was willing to re-sign there. And they gave him everything. So, you know, reputation matters too in this stuff. Playing the game matters. Uh, I saw Leslie Blanchard ask earlier if we're going to have a watch party for the draft lottery. Yes, 100%. It will be an open room uh, playback room. So I will post a link that day. Um, I don't think you'll need to do a verification that day. I'll double check. Um, But it will... Um, we, we will have it open. It will not be a private room. It will not be a members-only room. Uh, and we'll probably have a couple watch parties here for some games. We will, we will have some watch parties here in the, in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals and then most likely in the Finals as well. Uh, once we know where... if the oh, Let me just frame it this way. If the Blazers are picking top four, we will have a draft party on location somewhere. I've got three different locations that I am working with and tentatively like... Okay, I'll know in a week. <laughs> Got him right. a situation. So that that will happen um, when it's if that does happen. Also, I will be in summer league if the Blazers get a top four pick. So uh, we will have coverage um, all summer long and like all the stuff that we're gonna do. But I can't set any of it up. I can't lock it in until we know everybody I've talked to. Um, whether it's talking about Jeremy Grant or uh, DeAndre Ayton or whoever, name a player the Blazers might move for OG Ananobi. Every single person that I have talked to, whether it be media, agent, exec, scout, five minutes into our conversation, let's see what happens to the lottery. Let's see what happens to the lottery because everything hinges on Portland getting a top four pick as far as like making like earth-shattering moves. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that that goes to what I was saying. It's like I'm kind of numb to it because we know how important it is, but it's seven days away. Like, there's no point freaking out. Hey, are they going to get to that top four? Are they going to be back from six? Like, there's no point in doing that right now. Sure, there is. Well, yeah, I mean, you could take the Portland position that we're screwed. We're cursed. Okay. We're the opposite of Matt Damon. Fortune will not favor the bold. And, um, you know, we'll get completely hosed here, but I'm going to choose to remain optimistic and we'll see where I'm at a week from today. Yeah, and that's that's the, the big takeaway overall from this stuff. Uh, we got a few minutes, so we'll just take a, a couple questions um, in here. I, I've, I've seen a couple come through. God, you know what? I had a couple on Twitter, too. I wanted to make sure I got to get to. Um, God dang it. I got, I got polluted with uh, with puppy puppy tweets. Um, because obviously the, uh, the, the little dog, uh, came through. You asked for that. I, I did ask for that. Well, I mean, I was sitting there doing the paperwork for the puppy. So, um, that's kind of how it goes. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of, um, what, what would the Blazers do if like, if they were an X situation? Um, I think it was, I think it was Leslie again asked the idea of like, what happens if Ivy is the best player available? Do we move Ant or do we move Lillard? If Ivy's your best player available, they may take him, but I think that's one of the few instances where they'd move back. 
Uh, I think they will absolutely lie. And even if they think he's the most talented player, they will take a different position. You don't think they move back? You think they just take the nope. next guy up? Yeah. it's. I mean, how easy is that to spin? If it's Ivy and or I'm Murray. Just, if it's Murray or an Ivy and they're one, two on your board, it's so easy to lie about that and say, we thought he was the best player on the board. Yeah, the only problem with that is you get stuck with a uh, C.J. McCollum, Cody Zeller situation where C.J. McCollum is your number one player on your board and Cody Zeller's number two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe that's the case here, and I'm not telling you Ivy won't hit. I've had some people in college actually tell me they don't, they actually don't think he's going to be as good as people think he will be. But, I, I mean, if you draft Ivy, you're just going to create more problems for yourself and the here and the now. And maybe people ultimately forgive you for that down the road, but like, why deal with that if you're a new general manager? Pivot out, and probably take your number two. Yeah, and I want to find this question because somebody asked it earlier, um, and I can't. Yeah, I wish I remember who it was. It's actually kind of bothering me now. It was actually a really good question. So, uh, but I got completely sideways at. Um, all of the news today and a puppy. And I've seen some idea of like either Mikhail Bridges or Miles Bridges. Get the Bridges Bridges out of your head. I, I don't think there's a draft pick that would land you either one of those guys right now. Uh, Bridges in Phoenix is likely a defensive player of the year candidate going forward. He just signed an extension. He's going nowhere. Folks. A cheap extension <laughs> uh, at that. Miles Bridges is going to get his rookie max. Yeah. Uh, the, the Hornets are clearing space to pay him. Yeah, I, I don't they want to go a him, world. and they want to go ball, and they're going to bring in the next coach, whoever that ends up being. Still surprised they fired Borrego, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, you cannot get waxed, get waxed like that back to back years in the playing. Like, uh, it's still, it's 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 the Hornets. So I know, I know. Um, but uh, Shaggy Swiss, do you feel Corona did enough or anything to deserve four years? That's kind of the standard for executives now. Whether you like it or not. I Again, this goes into the good faith organization doing what they can to take care of people. I don't see how it's in your... Okay. Take, no, no, take this example. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. Frank Vogel. They, they let him be a lame duck coach. They gave him a one, yeah. uno, ichi yep. <laughs> year extension after winning an NBA title. If Cronin had one bad year on a two-year deal, like you're just making everything that much worse i think when that happened that it was not all of the russell westbrook stuff that was like detrimental to this organization i mean that was awful but the first domino to fall was that was the one-year deal for frank vogel you had coaches you had agents you had execs you had people around the league going he just won an nba title what the hell are you doing and then they fired him two seasons removed. Like, that stuff was bad. That stuff was bad. Um, uh, Musa says, I just got here. Did they talk Nas yet? I debated whether or not I wanted to talk Nas because it's bad news. It's a tough spot for the for the young man. Um, he's I mean, he, he's I'll, such I'll a good kid. Press it's, release. I didn't know he was dealing with a, an abdomen injury. I hope he can get right. I don't blame some fans for feeling how they feel, and it's not his fault. Again, this is just bad luck. I hope he can stay healthy. It's a big season for him and his future. Uh, but right now in his very, very short young career, it's just been tough for him to stay healthy, Snake bit is the, yeah. the, the, the phrase I would use. And this is the actual press release. Trailblazers forward this year a little underwent successful surgery today to repair a core muscle injury, yeah. which if that sounds very similar to Damian Lillard, well... It is. Oh, there you go. You can hear, you can hear little Tanner back there. Um, I think his surgery was done by the same doctor. Uh, I believe so as well because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's Dr. William C. Myers and the the institute in Philadelphia, which is where Damian Lord had his done. So um, perhaps Nas, like I, this is this this is not something I was aware of. Like as as far as like needing surgery, I knew he was nicked up, but not something like this. Perhaps they saw signs that this was similar to what Dame had and they wanted to nip it in the bud now. Right. Uh, because there have been guys like Kyle Lowry and Drew Holiday who had it much later and it, they said that they were able to recover rather quickly. But let's go ahead and 
let's 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 just kind of get the, the the car into the shop here and make sure he's ready to go for the season because he is going into and I hope he's healthy for his own sake. Uh, I, I don't care about the the Blazers side of the stuff because he is going into his biggest earning years. He's yeah. going into his extension. Uh, I would be very surprised if the Blazers and him in his organiz or his, his representation came to an agreement before next season. I think they're going to let him go to RFA status at this point. I mean, same thing as Anthony Simons. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It, it's not necessarily something you want, but like you can't blame the team, nor can you really blame him. Like you kind of have to get to a prove it year, and this is what this is going to be. He'll either earn the money, or he'll uh, stay snake bitten. And I hope that isn't the case because he seems like a good dude. So, um, it's something to track. Just kind of figure that out. Uh, also, speaking of tracking, the Suns continue to just hammer the ever living dog shit out of the maps tonight. Good lord, yeah. both playoff games, absolute stinker, Sprig. I I I thought Philly would contend a lot more just because Joel is that dude. It wasn't a Harden thing; it was a Joel thing. Uh, unfortunately for him, he took a pretty big shot to the face. I, the Phoenix series, I didn't really buy the two-two tie. I thought it was weird and crazy that Paul had those games and that they tied it. I think this series is over. I think they're going to close them out in Dallas. Listen, I'm glad the Mavs were look at least look competitive in this yeah, series because they they they, they did not. Um, right. I will say that they definitely figured out one game for sure. Like it was the Mavericks getting it done. They shot the lights out. I mean, to hit that many threes was it 23 of 56? I think they were in that game. Right. Just a dumb amount of threes. That's winning a game. I don't think you're going to get back-to-back games of Chris Paul having seven turnovers and a half and then fouling out in a game and also hit all those threes to to win two more games. Paul must always – he's had some some stinkers in the postseason. Paul must always respond. And he responded – well, he didn't really do that much tonight statistically, but he really kind of controlled what they were doing offensively. got 10 assists, and you had Devin Booker just go absolutely – New, nuclear in the third Him, quarter it, to separate Booker them. and Aiden went nuts tonight. I mean, yeah. 11 of 20 and 9 of 13. Like, yeah. they just, uh, and Aiden is, to me, Aiden's the key here. Paul is important. He has a lot of value. Uh, I thought Aiden they was only 14 and 11 in the last couple games. And I was going to say, I think that's why actually they lost those two as bad as Paul played. Like, Aiden asserts himself against this Dallas team. They have no answer for him. So, um, let's, let's do that. Let's do some predictions real quick, then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I've got Phoenix winning the series now. You've got Phoenix winning the series? Yeah, I think this is over. I think they're going to close them out in Dallas. I, I think so, too. Um, unfortunately, John Morant is shut down for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, Bone Brews, whether or not it was Jordan Poole yanking on him or not, it's a major, major bummer. Uh, do the Grizz get one more game, or is that their last? No, that game's over. This so series that, is over. So we have Suns-Grizz, we're, yep. we're, or sorry, Suns-Warriors Suns in the does. Western Conference Finals. Uh, in the East, are you buying what the Celtics are selling, or are you you sticking with the champ? I absolutely sell, uh, buy what the Celtics are selling. Um, I think you can make a real easy argument. They should be up 3-1. They let real bad opportunities get out of their hands in game three, and Tatum played his worst possible game. They damn near tied it to go to overtime. Love me some Giannis. And everything I just said about Boston, while be true, I'm still going to I'm going to put my faith more in Giannis. Ah, there it is. Well, look, I, I was watching this game, and I, I'm rooting for the Portland area guys to do well, like Pritchard and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I found myself watching this game live actually starting to get pissed and have like a rooting interest. I want Giannis, Giannis to win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cement the legacy. Be that dude. Like get Go get two chips. Like Go into next year. I'm tired of these dumb conversations of who's the best player. It's like it's not – it's, it's not Giannis. LeBron anymore. It's it's Giannis. It's not, it's not Jokic. LeBron, it's not, it's not KD. Yeah, yeah, like Jokic, great year MVP. Embiid is amazing. It's Giannis. Cool. Giannis is a single man, you know, winning machine. Yeah. That's. Um, I, I hope the Bucks win the series. I'm picking the Bucks to win the series. I really need Middleton to get back next series. Six or seven. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to win this in six. I kind, you know, what's weird is I walked away from that game and I'm like, God, that was an impressive fourth quarter by Boston. I think the Bucks can win this in six. It's, it's again, I think it's the Giannis factor. It's the best player on the floor, best player on the planet. I think they can win the next. I think this is for the Eastern Conference personally. This matchup. Yeah, I, I don't know if Miami's going to get healthy enough to handle either of those teams coming out of that series. And I'll say this: even if they don't have Middleton. Which it sounds like they will, but if they did and they face Miami, I'm still taking the Bucks to win that series. Yeah, and if, if somebody had a meme of uh, 
the Celtics taking on like being physical with Kevin Durant and the Nets, and it's like it's, I think it's the I think it was Buff Buff Doge, and it's the Buff Dog, and then they had like the little scrawny dog of uh, the Boston Celtics trying to be physical with Giannis. And I was like, yeah, no, trying to take on the seven foot two hundred seventy pound Giannis is a little bit different than the seven foot two hundred ten pound Kevin Durant, like. You 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 limp away from Giannis contact. You don't do that with with KD. Um, so you're picking winner of this series basically goes to the NBA Finals from the East. Who are you taking out of the West? Uh, I'm going to take Golden State. Uh, I picked Golden State before the playoffs started. I don't trust Phoenix. There's something weird about them. You don't um, trust that team. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I, this could age like absolute milk in the dead of summer, but I just. I don't know. I feel more nervous in a pivotal moment going against Steph and that team than I do the Phoenix Suns. And that might be fool's gold and Devin Booker's going to make me eat my words. But even with the matchup problem that Aiton provides, I I kind of just like Golden State. I like the way they're playing. I think there's an outside shot, a very outside shot, that if that series went the distance, they could get GB back at the end of it because they did say, if he returns, it'd be near the finals. So maybe there's an outside shot. And I just think it's tough. And, and also Clay. Maybe Clay is just going to have a tough year. But I I think he's just not the guy he is. He wasn't anymore. I, I don't think he is either. But maybe it's also his first. It's his first year back. It does take a while to come back from one of those injuries, let alone both. That dude just needs to hit a couple shots. And he could be right back to having Clay-like impact. And so I'm going to take Golden State to get to the finals. And I hope that this prediction's right because I actually don't think there's a better matchup for the league. Um, in terms it would of elevate, honestly, interest. it would elevate Giannis's position too. A hundred percent, it would. So you'd have Giannis against Golden State. That would be so much fun. Um, I am going to go blasphemous and say that the team that I don't trust is the Warriors. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, as great as Steph is, and he is great. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, likely a top twelve player of all time. He has not been that dude. In these games, it has been Jordan Poole who has saved them a ton. It has been Draymond saving them a ton. Um, Steph has been phenomenal in fourth quarters. The other three quarters, he has been not great. They had and, an awful shooting performance in that last game. Like the, the fact that they won it was amazing. Steph has not been good. Yeah. He has been great in fourth quarters, but I think the Grizzlies are too young and too. Uh, not perfectly built yet. They don't have enough shooting. Uh, they need less Dylan Brooks, more Desmond Bain. Well, they also uh, don't have Jaw the rest of the playoffs. So like, but I mean, even with Jaw, like they like they're still missing just sure. one one real thing. Like I think Desmond Bain would be a phenomenal third best player on a team. I think Jaron Jackson would be like the perfect role playing big who's can have all-star caliber nights, but I still think they need a, a guy, a shot creator on that team to really, really elevate them. Um, whereas the Suns don't have that flaw. Yeah. And I think that that can expose them a little bit against the Warriors in that you can't really scheme them away. You can't be like, we're going to throw a small ball lineup in. Oh, oh okay, cool. We're going to keep our seven-footer who shoots 70% at the rim uh, on the floor for this. Right. And you guard that every position down the court, Draymond. You tag that role man every single time down the floor, Otto Porter. And I just like, ah, they, they're a little less scheme resistant to what the Warriors want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily picking against them as much as I am picking the Suns. The Suns have, have been a great team. I When I say I don't trust them, I'm like, I'm nitpicking at most Yeah, I, th- I think we're nitpicking each yes. side of this. Yeah, because they're both really good teams. And this was clearly the matchup, I think, all year in the West based on how the, the way the seeding ended up being mm-hmm. and, the, and the way this kind of whole thing broke down. And I, I know, again, I know Memphis was the home team in this series, but I think overall most people watched the NBA this year. They knew that it was Golden State. They knew it was Phoenix. So I, I think we'd be getting a real treat. And you get Chris Paul, like, you know, how many more, more years chance. of prime Chris Paul is going to have versus Steph again in his way? Like To this. have that chance and to win it. Oh, uh, I mean. Th- that Boston, would be a hell of a way for CP to go. Look, up. Boston could beat Milwaukee. I don't want to dispel that but mm-hmm. or, 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 or yeah, put that aside as if it can't happen. Those would be amazing matchups. Miami, Milwaukee, Golden State, Phoenix. Like Yes. And I think Boston would also be a great 
matchup. But again, I think the Eastern Conference champion is coming out of that series. So you're you're picking whoever wins. Doesn't matter. Don't give a crap. Don't care who they play either. Do you think, think both? both think, the, do you think Boston and Milwaukee both win the win a matchup against yes. Phoenix or Golden State? Interesting. Uh, yeah, I do actually. I I really like the East to win it because Milwaukee would have gotten Middleton back, and he's gotten a lot of rest. And then Golden uh, Golden State, although I I really like them and their odds to get to the finals, even against Phoenix. Man, I I just think these are the two best teams. When I've watched all the playoffs, it's been Milwaukee and Boston for me that have stuck out a little more than others. Mm. You know, I know Phoenix dealt with some injuries, but the struggle a little bit against Alvarado and the Pelicans and then allowing this series to go at least six or more, depending on what Luka does in game six. There's just elements of that that I'm kind of like, I think Boston's legit. And I think Milwaukee, I mean, you got the best player in the world, so you should be favored. Anton says, I want to see Draymond Green versus Giannis. It'd be awesome. I've... <sighs> Giannis would foul him out, by the way. Yeah. And he would, I mean, he Giannis, would... Giannis fouls out everybody. So yes. yes. It, is, it is what it is. And you, I think you would also get a lot of uh, the post-series podcast from Draymond Green talking about Giannis, win, lose, or draw. Oh, yeah. Because Dre's going to go up there and keep it real. He is not going to James Harden that thing. Be like, ah, I wish I was seven foot tall and could just dunk right. everything. He's going to go up there no matter what and sing Giannis's praises. He is that dude. You were yep. not paying enough attention. You were not giving him enough flowers. Because Dre's the real. Like, that's just how it goes. That would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But I just, I do want to see CP get a chance again. I do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm one of those sick individuals that I don't care if he gets a title. <laughs> doesn't impact me at all if he doesn't i'm gonna go yeah really good player i just i don't i don't want to see him get the john stockton treatment but uh we'll wrap it up there um we will be back uh brandon is heading out of town for a couple of days i am trying to schedule some guests post lottery because everybody's big boards their draft boards are going to yep. change like we had ricky o'donnell on last week and one of the things we said hey ricky you know you're going to change your draft board he's like i may ray one now but i'm probably going to wait until after the lottery just to yeah kind of- for sure have an understanding. We do also have, we weren't talking about it right now. Uh, we do have the list of players. Once the lottery is set, the combine is next. So that week is lottery combine. Combine is the 22nd. We will have, um, uh, I, I know folks, I should say, who are going to be at the combine. I will see if we can get them on the show during that time period to get an understanding of kind of what guys are talking about, how guys look at the combine. We will have access to the numbers. We will, we will hit a lottery uh, draft lottery live watch party, and we will do a live show around the combine. What's interesting is all the big names will be at the combine. Paolo will be there. Chet will be there. Jabari will be there. If you look at the list, this is the first time in a long time. Everybody is going to be there. The other part of this is workouts are starting to happen. So we will start getting guys into Portland soon. It's going to be interesting to see how the Trailblazers handle this stuff. Do they keep it very quiet, or do they open it up a little bit more and right. allow questions? Because back in the earlier days, they were open as far yeah. as having reporters in and asking I questions. I interviewed Mo Harkless. He came in for a draft workout out of St. John's, and I remember thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this could be this could be a good pick for Portland, 6'8 wing. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going to Orlando and then like somehow makes his way back to Portland. I'm like, hey, how about that? But uh, that, that, let's see what happens. Let's see if we have a little bit of uh, access to those guys as they're coming around. So I think there'll be, uh, be a ton of fun and, and just kind of see where things end up. Uh, I will bring a schedule around once we start locking things in. The one thing you can lock in right now is the draft lottery watch party. That will happen. We will have. Again, have that open to members and non-members uh, alike. Uh, we will also have some Eastern and Western Conference watch parties coming up once we have that in. So, first of all, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for sticking with us. We appreciate you. We love you. For Brandon and I, again, uh, we, we said after the season we're going to take a little bit of a break. We are now ramping up. You will now get you will get at least two shows a week from now until the doldrums of August. Uh, we, we, and we'll have some content at Summer League if they draft there. Uh, we'll also have the, obviously the NBA draft, draft lottery, workouts, all the stuff in between. And we will try to bring as much draft coverage and trade coverage as we possibly can leading up to draft night. Um, if you haven't already, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you're new here, please click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. It helps us grow the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email the show, jackdramses at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Twitter, at Danny Mering, at Brandon Sprague. Brandon will just send it to me anyway, so just DM it to me. Uh, also, Jack, at Jack Ramsey's on Twitter and Instagram. So 
I think I covered it all. That's everything, right? I think that's everything. All right. Well, Brand's going to hop out of town for a little while. Uh, we will. I will try to book some guys uh, post uh, draft lottery when we have the open party. I may have a couple guys from Blazers Edge come in. Uh, Steve DeWald is an NBA draft guy. We might have him come sit yeah. in, just kind of get an idea. He's done a bunch of draft profiles already at Blazers Edge, uh, and then we will kind of go from there. Yes, yes, it's the fun content. Hashtag content is being cranked out. I will be back uh, once I get stuff locked in. I will also start dropping out the player reviews from last season. I will kind of do from the back of the roster forward what they were, how they turned out, and uh, how it all kind of. Uh, comes together. Marcus Lake's Oh Rats almost over. Yeah, we're wrapping up right now, Marcus. So, <laughs> But you can watch us on the replay, and I will drop this yep. in the podcast feed, and you can have it available here in a, probably a couple hours. So, uh, again, thank you all so, so very much. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we will catch you, if not for uh, Sunday. You're back on Saturday or Sunday? I'm not back till late Sunday. Okay, so... We'll do the draft lottery. We'll have the draft lottery. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I'm like, and I think he's coming back. So I, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, so then we, we will do have the draft lottery. We'll probably kick it off probably about an hour before the draft lottery come in yeah. and kind of hang out. Shoot the uh, shit. Talk about how we're feeling. You know, then, crawl, crawl under our desks and get our safe spaces ready. You know, get your lucky T-shirt. Your, put your underwear on backwards. Exactly. Wh- whatever it is you do. Yeah. Uh, do all of those things. Uh, we, we will have it there. Um if the Blazers win the lottery, I'll give something away. Uh, it, it'll be cool. Like I'll, I'll pull one of the autographed jerseys out or something. Like I, there you go. I've, I've got plenty of stuff to give away. So um, that'll be that'll be the incentive, and I'll do it the same way I did the last time. We'll give it to one of the members with the Batum jersey. So, uh, again, thank you all so, so very much. We appreciate you. We'll catch you for the NBA Draft Lottery. For Brandon, I'm Danny. Take care, y'all. Talk soon. Mm, bye.